I just have like six or seven different pairs of glasses that are just lying around. <laughs> Do you ever wear them all at once? Uh, I've tried wearing them all at once, but it didn't work out. It was very awkward. Uh, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried that at a date. Like I wore three sets of glasses at a date, and uh, she uh, <laughs> did not call me back. Did it give you good vision though? Like I feel like it helped you see. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> It's a style that I really want to promote, you know, like wearing like two mm. sets of glasses here, maybe have like another set of glasses up on my forehead. Like it's you look like a spider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. And, but it's just not vibing with people and I just don't understand it. it sucks. Mm. Hate, I hate this society. Oh. I hate it. These things are, uh, they don't work anymore. You know, when you get a new pair of glasses and it's a fresh prescription and you put them on and this is, this is, I'm literally only talking to old people, I guess with this, but it's so (laughs) strong. Like you feel nauseous at how clear and crisp the world is. And you're like, wow, actually there was maybe something a little wrong with my vision. Do you Mm. you know what I'm talking about? Orin? My my eyesight's terrible. If if I lived in the 16th century, I'd be fucked. Yeah. yeah, these glasses did that when I got them like three or four years ago. But now I just need them to function. You know, it's like if you could like just a get cup of coffee. What if you could just get like a new pair of eyes, like in Cyberpunk, and they couldn't be hacked? Would you get them? Yeah, uh, the the problem is they will be hackable. We've if bought, they, we've all played Cyberpunk. Let's say they can we did blind network our bodies like idiots. We and we just had it enclosed. Would you then? Yeah, and, and our new lungs, right? Or a new uh, eardrum. Shit, I'd love a new eardrum, right? Yeah. Like Why so, not? Are, like so, you can hear like you could when you were five again. That'd be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's all in our future, guys, and it's all gonna get hacked. Horn, <laughs> are you frozen, or were you? You were like so still there for a moment. I thought you were frozen. Oh yeah, I was. I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm pretty still. I'm just so, like, like look at my hand. It just, just doesn't move. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a real psychopath. I'm a real um, psychopath. <laughs> I have no, I have no feelings. I have no anxiety. I'm just still and sociopathic. Yeah. No. You come on. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Welcome to the show. Enough of our bullshit, huh? Let's talk about games. Uh, Metro Exodus is releasing an enhanced edition. Has it released yet, Kevin, or is it on its way out? It's not out yet. I think it's out in the sixth. Don't hold oh, me. Okay. That could be the fifth. Also, could be the seventh. Okay, yeah, it could be the eighth. It's too. in that ballpark of days. So it is for the time being. It's kind of like a remaster, but it's more like a like. It's a PC a master. Se- it's like a second. It's a PC master. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. But I bet you it's coming to next gen consoles in like. Six I hope months. so. So yeah. I, I yeah, but yeah, it's it's a PC remaster uh, of Metro Exodus where they have really taken this. Um, uh, what's it called? Ray tracing to like mm. the furthest extent it's been taken yet. And in it if you watch Digital Foundry put out a 45 minute tech analysis of it which which is definitely something that's for a bit of a niche audience, but it's uh yeah. if you just scan through it you can see some of the comparisons of the way that light works and it's like there's one point where they're showing a picture of what it looked like without ray tracing and then what it looked like with the old ray tracing. And like Alex Vitali is like, it looks a generation better than the previous shot. And then he's like, here's what it looks like with the new ray tracing. And it looks a generation better than that. And it totally does. It's like hmm. crazy how good it looks. Is it, I didn't watch the video because it's a bit long form, but I will watch it still, even though it is a bit long form. Is, is, the, is it full path tracing like Quake 2 and uh, Minecraft? No, it's global illumination, which has a very similar effect. It's not path tracing, because that would be fucking impossible. Right. Uh, path tracing is where every piece of light is fully, like, like they're basically simulating light, like 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that's very computationally heavy, and we don't see that in many games, except Quake and Minecraft, <laughs> very minimalist graphics grams. And it's, and it's actually extremely yeah. hard to run in those games, so... We're not there yet, but the global illumination does a similar thing. Don't ask me exactly what it does, but like it fills in the bounce light in a way that just looks natural. 
And like some of these comparison shots, you can see like there's things that hit your eye when you're playing a video game that you just immediately know, even if it looks really realistic, that there's something not right there. And this global illumination is really just like taking it to the next level. So I'm just impressed with it. I guarantee it's coming to console soon and I hope that they can bring all those features and it looks, it just looks amazing. And I, I think it's a game that a lot of people missed. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I, I was it. like one of the only one, only people to, to play it. And I played it on my busted PS4. So I didn't really get the ultimate experience and I still loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. one of the best games of 2019. Um, so it's one of those things I'm like, why didn't I play it? Like, this is like their actual attempt at making the like, like Stalker finally. Right. That's that franchise. And I haven't played it's that one. to Stalker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so Which good. Which we will talk about later. It, it's, uh, what I love about it, 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 it's very linear open world uh, kind of game design that I like. And the story mm-hmm. is great. There, there are six or seven incredible set pieces in it. It's, uh, nice. it's an amazing game. Uh, I'm really excited to try it again the uh, enhanced edition at some point. Yeah. Man, uh, nice. I will definitely be trying that out. I'm super, super stoked to try it. And Kevin, it will work on your GPU. We can both get the full. It's going to be good. This is, awesome. this is cool. Anyway, uh, check out the AMD digital GPU. foundry video if you have 45 if you minutes know. and you've... What? I said I have an AMD GPU for the audience so they know what these right. two you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, check out the Digital Foundry video if you're interested. It's like 45 minutes long, but it's it's very in-depth. So if that's the kind of thing that interests you, you, you might you might like it. If not, just take our word for it. Uh, the PS3 and Vita stores, which I was a huge fan of, um, got a reprieve. I think they actually like shut them off and brought them back. Or they said they were about to close them and they changed their mind and extended their life at least by a few more years. What do you guys think about this? I love Sony. I remember that PlayStation store. It's not really relevant to me at this point, but I'm sure if you have a PS3 or a PSP, uh, that's, I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Right, Kevin? Are, are you interested in this? Is this still relevant to you? Um, I think it's cool that they're keeping it going. Um, I'm disappointed in Sony for not allowing these games to be playable on the PS5. I really think that there's no excuse for that, and they should be called out for this. That's my thought. And that's what they're about to be. No, uh, <laughs> right. Like, do, do they bring this feature? So just for people who are wondering, the PS3 and Vita store have PlayStation 1 classic games, like a huge selection. Not all of them, but a lot of them as digital copies. And then they have... Um, I guess PS3 and PS2 games to some extent also as digital copies. But like the thing that's interesting to me is the back compat games. And it seems like there's no good excuse for Sony not to bring it, especially considering how robust Microsoft's offerings are in the same arena. Like Sony's got to do something, right? Probably. I would hope so. It feels to me like uh, I just want to, I don't want to say laziness but I kind of want to say laziness because they feel like they don't care or they don't yeah. see a fiscal advantage to selling backwards compatibility maybe, so they just don't want to invest in it. Um, I don't understand it because I feel like they have a strong library of games throughout, mm-hmm. what, five generations now of consoles? Like, come on, guys. Like, right. You know? Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's very... I don't know if it's laziness or apathy or what or if it's just part of their strategy. They, they don't want to look back. They want to look forward. But like... I don't really, there's not a lot of Nintendo 64 games that I'm super excited to go play again, but there's a lot of PS1 games that I think are still pretty fun to play. And there's a lot of PS2 games that I would love to have access to on a modern system without having to, I mean, obviously you can play these games if you, if you pirate and you emulate, but I would love to have a, you know, a legit outlet to be able to do that and easily just download that stuff on my PS5. I kind of think that like, that's the criteria for me getting a PS5 now. Give us some kind of back compat thing, which I think is going to happen eventually. Maybe I'm wrong about this because it didn't happen for the PS4. Give us something like that. Give me The Last of Us Remastered or Bloodborne Remastered. And I, and I feel I feel compelled at that point. So, so I'm just going to jump in here because I was doing a little bit of researched, research. So this is what, uh, what, what actually happened. Jim Ryan, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, basically announced that they were going to shutter store support. But then on April 19th, he had this quote, recently we notified players that PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. 
Upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today I'm happy to say that we will, we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PS Vita devices, end quote. Uh, and that's from Yahoo News. Uh, I, it sounds it sounds like the reason why there was so much backlash is because of the PS Vita. Because there's still a huge PS Vita fan base. Do you know about that, Aaron? Hmm. Mm-mm. I do not know anything. About, I, I I know very little about the PS Vita other than it was a thing. No, it, it's, it's still a Japan, thing. Right? It's still a thing. They, they still okay. make games for it. Um, I actually follow <laughs> a couple of PS Vita developers on Twitter, and they still make games for it, and they still sell. So there's, there's a cult following for the Vita that still <laughs> exists, apparently. So interesting <laughs> stuff. Okay. That is interesting. I, I guess that I think it, might explain it. It would be cool if um, Sony, I think, could get a foothold in the, in the mobile market. Like, I would love... Imagine if they had a mobile PS4, you could play PS4 games on your you know, oh, man. mobile Switch-like console. Yeah, I, like, that's something that I think... That's a market thing they would love... I think that I would love for them to be in, because I would buy a mobile Sony platform. Yeah, sure. I don't know why they haven't done that, honestly, especially since they tapped into that market with the PS Vita. But, I don't know. And the PSP. They tried, but Nintendo yeah, is just unflappable. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, like, I don't think they made a lot of money with with either the PSP or the PS Vita, so it was kind of like it was just like a a loss for two generations straight. So they're like, well, this is cool, but it's it, it wasn't justifying itself. I don't know. I wonder. I feel like a lot of the PlayStation games don't lend themselves to a sort of mobile experience in the way that a Nintendo game might. But I I don't know. Could be wrong about that. Persona Five. That that actually probably would be good, right? Yeah, probably. For, for a mobile game. Uh, um, yeah, definitely that one. I think yeah. it was coming to the Switch. I'm, I'm speculating, but that to me, if they did a oh. Sony console, that would be the game to play on it. That came to PC recently, right? Dude, I, I swear it did. Let me. Uh, I think Persona Four. Yeah, Persona Four Persona Golden Steam. came to Steam. Gold. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, Persona Five. Yeah. Persona Five Strikers. That's not. That's what, a is that Dynasty not Warriors the game? game. It's a Dynasty Warriors. Oh, okay. Gosh, you're so out of the loop. Weird. Jeez. It's yeah, confusing. My... It's actually really con- confusing branding. It's like Xbox One X or Xbox Series X or yeah, S. that's bad branding. It's that same like, kind a lot of confusing. Of like what? Hmm. Yeah, strange. That, that actually happened. All that right. actually happened to me. Believe it or not, when I was a kid, I asked my mom to buy me Final Fantasy X. But instead, she got me Final Fantasy X-2, and I was I was mad because <laughs> I really wanted ten. Don't replace so Yuna and and Riku. Yeah, was, and, yeah. Did you ever play ten? Yeah, I played ten. It, it's just fun. It's just funny right. that um, it's just funny that that's that sometimes is confusing, right? Like sometimes the branding of games is like that. It's so iterative and so close to a previous um, entry that. Uh, sometimes that mistake sometimes you'll have a mom who comes in and he's like oh i really want to buy Mel Gear solid three but she gets subsistence instead of snake eater or vice versa and it's and th- mm. that it just that just opens a can of worms you know games get yeah, your branding no, right does. am i right aaron yeah i think you're right uh Oren, what what is this your, your friends keep annoying you about something oh yeah the so there's this game that came out on playstation 5 called returnal really want to play it and i have like three or four uh totally real friends i promise who (laughs) have been spamming me to play returnal because apparently it's great so i'm very upset is it a third person shooter it's it's basically hades it's like triple a hades it's it's like if they took a roguelike and made it into um a triple a game so really want to play it really upset that i don't have a ps5 yet but and it's a, oh yeah, well, it's a CE game. Who, who developed it? Um, Housemark. They did oh, Next Machina, Resogun, all good, good oh. games. Okay. Oh, I'm seeing this at I believe it was E3 or Games. I said this at a game show. I remember. It uh, Finnish developer. Okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because it's one of those games that was being memed a lot and made fun of a lot when it was revealed because the title was so bad, Returnal. Like everyone was like, "What the hell's that title?" Yeah. 
So no one took it seriously, but now it, it's turned into probably the biggest game of the year so far. Um, it's it's kind of t- taken everyone by surprise. I kind of like the cheesy name. Hmm. Kind of like a what? Hmm? Like it's, I like the cheesy name. Like the kind of like bad pun sure, that it is. Sure. I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I dig it too. Yeah, it sounds like Rhett Urinal. Um, hmm. All right, that's cool. Let's talk about games we've been playing. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. I have life. I have personal news I got to oh, share. Oh, 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 oh. Guys, it's so, it's so exciting. I got to tell you. I got what is it? my us. second shot today. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How's that arm feeling? How does that feel? I, I feel fine. Sore? Um, I got it three hours ago. So if I start to fall apart during oh. the podcast, uh, you know why. <laughs> Yeah, but like existentially speaking, how does it feel? Like, do you feel like a weight has been removed, like a lightness? Oh yeah, I definitely have peace of mind, and now like I feel like I can, I can finally start making plans to fly to places. You know, I'm not just stuck at mm-hmm. home or like stuck in the same state. So totally, that's that's the coolest thing. Have you guys gotten your second shots yet, or your first? Mine's mm-hmm. tomorrow. Nice. My second shot's tomorrow. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I had my second shot a little while ago. Yeah, thank you. um, Yeah, it feels great. I'm looking forward to traveling soon. I'm buying plane tickets for this summer. Uh, And I just feel more like, okay, I I can go to the grocery store and not have any lingering concern. You know, a little less lingering concern in the back of my head. It's it's nice. I'm so excited. It's definitely nice. But anyway, that was my exciting personal news of the day. Okay, I, th- I thought you were that is exciting. You PS5, it's really exciting. But, uh, I wish, I but, uh, wish I got a PS5 or whatever. Oh well. Uh, Near Replicant, that's a game. Oh, that is a fucking game. So, speaking of confusing branding, what's the actual title of the game? It's not Near Replicant. <laughs> it's Near Replicant version one zero 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 something like that. Yeah, it's just it's, uh, it's just Yoko Taro, title. the developer, just being version weird. Version Pi or something so. like that. Yeah, version yeah one point two two four seven four four eight seven. It's just um, I just I don't understand that. I I get like uh, Yoko Taro is a very creative, awesome individual. I love his vision. I just don't understand this. This the title of the game. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, <laughs> guys, just should have called it like HD or something cheesy. I would have been like, oh, okay, I know which version to play. It actually looks a lot like like I'm looking at these videos on Steam. It looks a lot like Auto Tomato. <laughs> it is. I don't know why that was it's so, so funny. I only played a little bit, so Orin yeah. played a lot. He can talk about that. But I, I played about maybe an hour and a half, and I was just very gleeful to be back in that world because I really like mm-hmm. uh, Automata. Um, mm-hmm. I had some PC performance issues. The game ran at like 40 FPS on my laptop, and then my PC, I was getting 30 FPS, and I was like, what the hell? Why is this hmm. running so poorly? And then I talked to my little sister, and she said, "Oh, you need to leave the first area you're in, and then the frame will run better." So then I went to this, like I loaded, and then it ran at like 80 FPS, but it runs too fast now. So like the game is fast forward. Oh, the game speed so fucked. It needs to be patched, and I'm like, is it going to be four years before we get a patch for this game? Ooh, like we did with Auto, like ooh. Automata. Automata has, hasn't got a patch yet. It's coming out hopefully sometime this year. But that game's been out for a long time. We haven't got one single patch for Steam. So I'm hoping, hold, holding out for a fix. I know there's some community patches, but I was hoping for an official patch. That's why I haven't mm. played it that much yet. But I liked what I played. I like the music. I like the direction. I like all that stuff. Yeah. So I guess play it on a console instead. That sucks. Uh, what do you think, Orin? So I played it on my Series S, and I, I had no technical issues. It ran like butter. It was just mm. great. Um, nice. I, th- I think here, here's the here's my takeaway with near replicant so i'm a psychopath and i got all the endings already i'm also just a really wow. bored person with uh my, my life is an empty void and i find meaning through video games so anyway uh existentialism aside I, pl- I played the shit out of this game and here here's my f- my verdict the game is incredibly frustrating it is very repetitive. It's um, it's the pacing's all over the place, uh, mm. and it's one of the best games I've ever played. It's just incredible, <laughs> incredible story. Uh, absolutely blown away by the story, and it's one. It's definitely one of those games where even more so than Automata, you really need to uh, 
you really need to stick with it to see why it's special. Um, this is no mm-hmm. surprise to anyone who knows anything about Yoko Taro, but the magic of his games don't really blossom until you've beaten the game at least once. Like you have to get all the endings. You have to get ending A, B, C, D, E. You really have to commit to seeing all of the endings because that's just how Yoko Taro functions um, as a, as an artist. Um, Kevin can probably attest to this, but Near Automata. If you play up to ending A, you have not experienced that game. You have to get ending B. You got to get ending no, you C. Haven't. You got to get ending D. Get ending C. Uh, is that D, accurate, Kevin? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's funny because you, if you play, if you only got ending A, you'd be like, "Well, I beat the game. It's over." It's like, well, the story didn't really resolve much on that ending, so you kind of have to play more, or it just didn't not what not it didn't go maybe where you expected. But yeah, play definitely have to play a lot of those games. I think the funny thing about Automata, it's like, I think that that might be a problem for some people because they miss the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you're like, oh, I got the credits, the game's over. <laughs> but isn't that first ending like really quick? Like, you don't, that's not deep into the game. I think it's like five hours in. Hmm. Yeah. But it does feel like it could be over at that point, but it's definitely okay. not. Right. It'd be like watching the first, like, season of a short show and then just not watching the other seasons yeah it's kind of um i think i think for me like with near replicant for, for example if you only play up to ending a of near replicant you got like a pretty fun but kind of frustrating kind of repetitive kind of generic jrpg that was still fun to play like that's that's how near replicant is when you hit the first ending but then you boot up the save file again and you you get a totally different playthrough of the game with different story beats and different information that totally subverts <laughs> what you thought of the first playthrough. And Nier Automata is the same way. So you really have to play it multiple times. That's really yeah. what makes those games incredible. And uh, Nier Replicant, it's not as polished. It's not as refined as near automata i think because uh it's a remake of a 2010 game and you can feel that like a lot of the side quests for example like you could totally skip them because they're just fetch quests they're not fun to play but the actual story of near replicant is incredible like i was i, I couldn't believe it it's incredible it's, it's brilliant uh i don't want to say anything more mm-hmm. about it because i really want kevin to play it so we can talk more about I w- it. And I will. Yeah. I will definitely play it. Once they and patch it, Game or, Pass, or right? I get that, that fix um, going. Automata is not Replicant. Yeah, uh, Auto Tomato. Auto Tomato. Um, one thing, though, Kevin, that I do want to stretch stress about near Replicant, you're going to play it for the first 10 hours and be like, I don't know. I don't know if this is that good. And that's how I felt. I was getting pretty frustrated with it. I also was playing mm-hmm. it on hard mode, which I really don't think is the mode you should play because the enemies are way too spongy and it just becomes tiresome. Nah. Normal mode feels just right. It feels like the game was designed for normal mode. So I sw- switched to normal mode at around 10 hours into the game and then the game really started to click and then it really started to cl- click after the first ending. And now it's one of my favorite okay. games. I love it. So I played... I play on a hard as well, and the intro battle took a long time yeah. because they had so much health. So I wasn't sure if maybe that was a difficulty thing, but it, okay, maybe I will switch over to normal because it seemed like it wasn't fun hard. It was like they just had too much health, and it took a long time. Yeah, it, it was just. Um, I was getting. I like the combat. It feels like that Platinum Games kind of combat. You know, like I, it was fun. Uh, yeah it's it's just even in in hard here's the thing about hard mode is unless you're going to grind through a bunch of side quests and really upgrade all of your weapons then it's probably fine but the problem is is that most of the side quests are kind of poorly designed and dated so Mm. to, to me like i was playing it on hard mode and even uh basic grunt enemies like took way too long to kill and i was just like getting so bored and i was like getting exhausted really quickly so i switched it to normal mode and then i was like kind of zipping through enemies it felt just right i felt like a badass um 
and uh, so I think uh, personally for me as someone who loves hard games I thought normal mode was definitely the way to go with near replicant and another thing with near replicant mm. is um I was listening to the game ranks before you bought you buy video I don't know if you guys watch those but um the uh the person doing that video said um if there's ever a side quest in the game that just doesn't seem like fun to do just skip it and I think that's true because the the side quests are rarely surprising there there's rarely a twist mm. like what you what you see is what you get so if you get a side quest that just seems like a really boring fetch quest just skip it cuz what makes the game amazing is the is the central story playing through it playing through it again getting the endings that's really where the game is special as fuck um, mm. Aaron are you interested oh I, go ahead Kevin I just wanted to say, like, one first impression I had that I really liked was it felt, like, immediately like a near game. I was like, oh, this is familiar, like, but not the same at all. You know, it's, like, almost like when you play a new Final Fantasy, like, it's not the same setting or characters, but it's, like, there's familiarities with it, you know, and I like that. I also just love, in both of those games, they have this, like, heavy JRPG vibe and aesthetic and music and look and i just i really like that so <laughs> okay so this is this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first 45 minutes of the game and i just want to bring it up because kevin you you probably you experienced it already i love the part where you're in this dystopian like shut like last of us city fighting monsters at the way beginning and then that sequence ends and it says uh, 1300 years later and then it's like a mi- medieval yeah. setting and i was like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah that was good that was amazing i'm excited to see where this game goes because after playing near and just like sitting on it and analyzing it and thinking about it and playing it again it was like this guy really has a vision he reminds me a lot of hideo that's like kojima i feel like those two are like they're not like similar in their styles but they both have like a very strong creative vision that they sell through the gameplay the story this music everything i feel like is like they they understand that like direction and sell it very strongly so yeah. i'm excited to play like another game by yoko taro and that's this franchise it's uh it's yeah. so good it sounds like they put their mark on the game it's so good i was i was so surprised especially i just want to say that um the second playthrough of this game if you're not if you're gonna not get all of the endings because you just don't want to get all of the endings, like you should at least play this game through t- through to ending B because walkthrough B is one of the biggest trips I've had in a video game ever. It just it's really something else. Um, amazing game, Aaron. Are you interested in this? How would you comp- at all? Uh, maybe I don't know. I I I don't know if I should start with uh, Auto Tomato or not, but like um. I I have a lot on my plate coming up, so I might check it out. He hasn't played Death Stranding yet. No. It's true. That's true. I haven't played Death Stranding yet, which I do want to play. Uh, uh, I do. Yeah. I, I, I like the Nier games more than Death Stranding, personally, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I really love... Uh, I, I cut you off, Kevin, but I'm assuming you're, you were going to ask, how does it compare to Automata? Yeah. Um, Automata is more accessible and more modern and easier to approach just overall. So I think if you're going to try one Aaron, I would do Automata. Uh, Replicant is kind of dated, but the thing about Replicant, I think the story overall is better. Like the, the story of houses, the story of Replicant really just floored me. Honestly. Uh, I loved everything about it and I thought it was so creatively told and, but um, but yeah, that that that's my two cents. Automata's overall the better game. Replicant overall the better story. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Those Japanese single player story games, man, I love my favorite. I love them. Uh, my favorite. You're games. in for a treat with <laughs> Replicant, man. You're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely if Hitman Three hmm. didn't come out this year, it'd probably be my game of the year. But maybe you know what? Why not? <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it's my game of the year. Whatever. Hitman Three. Uh, it's only the first of May, so. <laughs> We have much time for other hey, games to steal your heart out. away. Yeah, give us Resident some time. Evil, we also have uh, uh, two, we also have uh, Balan Wonderworld and uh, that's out. Halo not. Halo Infinite. Come on, that's gonna be amazing. Uh, Halo we also <laughs> I think Halo Infinite will be good. I think it'll be good. I think, I think Halo Halo be wrong. Gonna Everyone thinks it's gonna suck. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be Halo. I mean, it'll be all right. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be like Halo, and you play it, and it's like, oh, it's like a 2007 game made in 2021. 
and I'll totally yeah, love which it. I'm actually kind of <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that that description. That description sounds better than what I expect it might be. Uh, I have had very little time for games lately, but I have played some Doom Two on the uh, Series X, which a uh, pretty good version of the game, I will say. It is, and um, I've been playing through it linearly. I'm about halfway through the game now, and there's like it's interesting because like the level design gets really good, really good, really, really good. And then it like hits this like level of uh, not being that good anymore. Uh, there's a real yeah. stall around the refueling base. And then after level 13, or I think maybe it is level 13 after the O of destruction, there are like multiple levels in a row that are just kind of bad, which is a bit of a yeah. bummer. Um, and I, and I'm looking back on it and I'm like, it's, it's, it's Sandy Peterson's fault. Sorry, Sandy Peterson, but uh, like Sandy Peterson's levels, need an editor like he needed somebody to go in and be like this is all real good but like there's like always like one little annoying thing about his level like you have to go through a specific way to get the yellow key i don't know in any case doom 2 is still fucking amazing um but i do i would love to i'm like tempted to make a wad that just combines all the best levels in a linear order so it like it's like ultimate doom like true ultimate doom because it's like takes out the bad levels I don't know. Do mm-hmm. you guys think I should do that, or is that, is that just it. me? Yeah, I think you should do it. Like, you like the annotated fucking Doom, uh, or whatever. I guess it wouldn't be annotated. You but should I, do I, it. I, I, you should bridged. do it. Episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. Right. You should do episode four mm-hmm. from Doom one, and then Doom two, and maybe even play some of the. It's a couple maps in Final Doom that are fun. If you want to soak into that, Final Doom, Plutonia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. So should I include E4 M1? You should include Sigil, I think, too. Okay, we're, we're getting off the rails. But E4 M1, yes or no? Does that make it in the Yes, the of course. It's a Doom? great map. It's because it's hard. Ugh, it's annoying. Uh, okay. It's a good map. It's fun. It's just really hard. I don't know what you guys are uh, talking about. Sorry. Yeah, we're getting a little, a little <laughs> esoteric. Doom Apologies, esoteric. <laughs> Doom nerd. He's okay, talking well, about I will episode, say, the first map of episode four for the yeah. for Ultimate Doom, which is the re-released version of the original game in retail form, right? The first level of that fourth episode is very hard. There's only right. 19 points of health on the whole map, and it's very hard to move around quickly on the map, so you just get destruct, destroyed by shit. It's a hard map. Yeah. Tim Rogers spent an hour talking about it in his Doom video, about that specific map. So. Uh, I must have really tuned it, out it's uh well i guess you would have to like know the map well to understand what what the issue is but whatever uh and you've been playing some perfect dark huh i played a little perfect dark this week and my cousin came over uh now that i'm vaccinated and having house parties again he came over i showed him my xbox he kept saying that's nice but my ps5 is better <laughs> uh but but if we played some perfect dark and uh he was having fun uh what are you doing in perfect dark um, I don't know. I, I think I what I like about Perfect Dark the most is I just uh, enjoy um, just like the hit detection and the, the blood and the gore and yeah, how goofy all of the death animations are. I just think they're <laughs> I just think they're so funny. Like like just uh you shoot a guy in the chest, he like clutches his chest and he's like, Oh my god and then he falls down. I love it. So Cheesy. Yes, that was a good impression of their voices. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's it's so <laughs> you know it's you know it. why they're like that. Why? Goldeneye was originally going to be a light gun game, but they stopped making it a light gun game. But they wanted to keep the idea that the player could quickly through these move through these levels and and just defeat the enemies and have them play all these animations when you shoot them. That was still kept intact. So the, all those mm. animations are because the game was going to be a Lycan game where you, you know, specifically aiming at all the different body parts. So it's pretty cool. It's, pretty interesting. Interesting. It, it's, it's yeah. kind of funny how Perfect Dark and like Resident Evil 4 are still ahead of their time just with hit detection. Like, I think. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so with you on that. I think that's such a cool part of both of those games. And Resident Evil 4 took it to the next level where it's a strategy. Sure. If you hit them in the head, you can do the melee attack and save yourself ammunition. If you hit them in the knee, you can uppercut them back and it knocks the guys over. Like, I love that stuff. I think that's partly what makes RE4 so replayable and amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally on with you. I'm totally on with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm t- I don't really understand it, honestly. Like, why video games don't pay that much attention to hit detection anymore. It's like we, it's like we went backwards. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I really felt like when when COD hit the market and you start shooting guys like twice and they just crumple. You're right. It's kind of when things started to go downhill because that's because it seemed like games were much more interactive in their combat mechanics. Like and and then COD is like just about 
blasting dudes. Like it was Halo's not. Halo's like you have that mix of energy, like melee attacks and and and, and shooting and like you know I don't know. I, I felt like COD in the modern FPS really kind of yeah hammered that down. Yeah, it's, it's low time to kill. I'll, I would also throw like Half Life Two and like the Halos into that because those games don't really pay a whole lot of attention to hit detection as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or animations, I would say. They definitely pay attention to hit detection. I don't but, think like, so. Like, I, I mean, like, when you when you shoot a guy in the hand in Perfect Dark, he grabs mm-hmm. his wrist. Like, it's it's pretty right. impressive. And you can shoot the gun out of his hand in Perfect Dark. Right. It'll fly on the, on the, out of the ground. Or and you he'll can pull slap out a pistol out and try and shoot you. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty genius yeah. how you can shoot the gun out of the guy's hand, and then you can grab the gun, and then he puts his hands up. I think that's just so... I love Amazing. that. I, I think all of those mechanics, it's like you can play the game more ways. There's more things mm-hmm. that can happen. It's more interactive. It's not just about just killing them and they die. That was what I liked about Wolf, the Wolfenstein games that no one talks about. I feel like the enemies in Wolfenstein have so many different animations when you shoot them. Like when you shoot them, they like get stunned and play like an animation from different spots. And it's that same thing, the new Wolfenstein games. Sure. So I'm talking about hmm. New Order, Old Blood, and Wolfenstein 2 specifically. That was what I, I loved about those games. That. Um, you, you know what? Uh, the, uh, I'm not giving enough credit where credit's due, and I'm sorry I'm going to talk about this game again, but the Hitman games have pretty decent hit detection. Like, if you shoot a guy in the foot, they trip and fall on the ground. Like, that's pretty neat. Mm. And, and, and like, uh, if you shoot them in, like, the chest, they kind of, like, go like that a little bit. Like, they just got hit with something. Um, but but mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still something, like, it's still something I feel like as you said, Kevin, the Call of Duty games really changed it where it's like one, two, hit, and they just kind of crumple. Oh, well. Yeah. What are you going to do? Just yeah. play Perfect Dark, I guess. It's a bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. I That's those old, like, you have to switch the control to uh, duty calls, I guess. Otherwise, you do the, that weird aiming that, like, at the time felt like such a like a good, Dude, it's, good it's idea. The light gun. Like, They're emulating the light gun. The light gun thing where you're you like know? moving the yeah. the yeah the crosshair across the screen. I'm like, oh, that's that's terrible. But it's super fun. The version that's on Game Pass is great. I are you able to switch back to the old graphics on that? Like no. Like you, that would be awesome if they could have yeah. allowed that, wouldn't that? Uh, Get those yeah. extra blurry Nintendo 64 textures. That just like looks like everything looks like tie dye. <laughs> it sounds like a weird nitpick, but the, they were changed all the faces, and I don't know who yeah, the faces I are. That. And the perfect dark faces, I knew. Not like I didn't know them, but like I would be like, "Hey, there's that guy. There's that guy." And now it's like I don't know who these people are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of funky. I mean, but it, but overall, the remaster is really nice. Um, yeah, it's great. It, it looks gorgeous. I I kind of secretly like playing the game more on easy mode. Because I just like yeah. taking out a room full of guys like super fast. It just feels like with the uh, SMG, you can lock on to three guys and shoot them all at once. Yeah. And then they all fly back. The CMP. It's just... So... I like it. I completely agree with you. You know, the problem is, is the, uh, the higher difficulties add more mechanics. So you have to be like, oh, go plant the bomb here. And, then, or, and if you don't do it, you fail the mission. It's like all oh, a bunch of extra crap. And it's like, they just give you this long checklist right. of objectives that suck. So it's funny. On, on normal, you just run through and shoot everyone, which is the fun mm-hmm. game. Yeah, it's just... At least in my opinion. No, that, that's my opinion too, because I was try, trying to play it on hard mode and... Like there, there was like an escort objective, and like if the guy dies, I have to start over. And uh, and he has like N sixty four AI. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> and like it's really bad. Yeah, yeah like uh, you have to make sure that you're within three feet of the person, or else they're gonna stop walking. And it's it was just like a pain in the mm-hmm. ass. I don't want to play that. I just want to shoot guys. It's like all I care yeah. about. Um, yeah, mm. I totally agree. With so you. yeah, that's one of those games that you got to play on easy mode. Uh, hard mode, it's just not as fun, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Good to know. I think I always default towards hard mode. I didn't even realize yeah, it's not those on, not on PD. substantive differences like that. Uh, huh. All right. Uh, let's talk about our article of the week. You guys ready for this? No. Yeah. Can't do no. it. Can't uh, do I'm it. Ready. You got to talk more about uh, ready, bug snacks. I'm... 80, bug snacks. 86 bug snacks oh yeah that's that sounds which like i fun. never play uh, but whatever i never played that either <laughs> uh, i don't actually know what that is i just remember when i joked about it and i was like what the hell is everyone talking about it's just like a dumb name right it's bug a game where you eat bugs it's it's, it's yeah. just like a video game that was a ps5 launch title that's also on pc oh, yeah. that 
was heavily oh, okay. memed when it came out. Gotcha. Because the name, Bug yeah, Snacks? Name. That one. And, and it had right. like the most bizarre premise. But anyway, okay, I'm ready for the article of the week now. I'm done talking about bugs. All right, snacks. this article comes ready. No more bug snacks. The Verge. I'm full of bugs. You're gonna get. You're, get, you're gonna get muted. Uh, this article <laughs> comes from The Verge. How the video game Stalker inspired a wave of real-world Chernobyl tourists. A virtual world leads to IRL excursions by, uh, I think his name is Darman Richter, or their name. Um, yeah, it's the premise of this article is that. Uh, Stalker Shadow Chernobyl which came out in 2007 along with uh, Call of Duty 4 and some other fiction really made the Chernobyl exclusion zone in the Ukraine which is the area around the Chernobyl nuclear power reactor that uh, melted down in 1987 and you're not allowed to go in there it turned that area into a tourist hotspot where there's like like people traveling like thousands of people are going there every year and um People are in some ways kind of like reliving the game because the the premise of the game is that there are these stalkers that go into a into the zone of exclusion to get artifacts and to try to find the wish granter and to do this other stuff. But like, so people are going in there more to have to live action role play like stalker. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Did you read the article? Well, I read the well, article. well, I was gonna I like, I kind of wanted to frame it just because there's these two specific paragraphs that I think really capture the essence of what these pe- people are doing. So I'm just going to read it really quickly. Um, um, uh, so, so first of all, I just want to say that not all stalker fans are looking for the group tour experience. Step on is one of a growing number of young Ukrainians who visit the Chernobyl zone illegally. Many call themselves stalkers on his, re- on his trips. Step on carries food and water, first aid kit and a cheap radiation meter he purchased online he says it takes him three days to hike from the zone's perimeter fence to and i'm sorry i might butcher this pripyat is that how you say it pripyat yeah Uh, um, a journey that mirrors the player's progress through the game world of stalker stepan's interest in the real zone started with the game and that's from the verge so considering what stepan's doing um I don't think I one note here. If if Stefan was doing this right, he would have bolts, right, Kevin? Definitely. <laughs> the fact that he didn't have bolts means that he's fucking up. You yeah. need bolts. How are you gonna anyway, find those continue. anomalies? Yeah, you gotta find the anomalies. I mean, I would never do this, but it's cool that people are doing this. I mean like the, the closest thing that this that for me personally, like um, sometimes I'll go around an area or like when I'm visiting a new place, I'll look around and be like, oh, this would be a really cool Hitman level. Like that's like what I do, but I would never actually role play a video game on purpose. But mm-hmm. you're thinking of you're looking at like the uh, garbage, garbage things. Like who, how many buys you can. Yeah, fit in there. I've definitely done that. I've done that. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I've totally the thought about cameras. it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this would be a really cool Hitman level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I've done that. I think what's interesting about Stalker, and Kevin can comment on this too, is that Stalker, possibly more for the, its time than now, really made a virtual world that felt very authentic, like which is a word that I don't like to use often, but like felt very real in a way that a lot of video games don't. It's definitely one of my easily like top five, top 10 video gaming experiences where I just sort of melted into the game and lost track of time until it was over because I was just so immersed in this world. And I think that's part of the reason why so many people go there because it was, the level design is really unique and the AI design and that like you don't feel like you are the main protagonist in the story. You feel like you're just navigating through a world. I think a lot of video games, it really feels like everything's happening around you and for you and it's all like facing you. In Stalker, it's like you can stumble onto weird little things that are happening that aren't really there for you. They're just happening. Definitely. I think I wanted to just comment firstly on the fact that both COD and 4 and that game came out the same year and just how like COD 4 was a cool game, but like pretty forgettable in a lot of ways, whereas like Stalker was such a profound experience. Like the memory of playing that game, I still have, I can still remember that music and the enemies. Like I completely agree. It's like, you're just kind of participating in like, the zone st- stuff in that game. You're not like, it doesn't even feel like you have necessarily like a goal. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess you do find Strelok, right? Find but Strelok, yeah. other, other than that, like you're just kind of exploring this 
world and it, i do feel it's for the same way like it was such a good mix of like horror and weird ambient just life and it has a lot of kind of just weird downtime where you like go to places and talk to people and everyone's just kind of miserable <laughs> they're not like miserable but they're kind of like somber i guess is a more accurate term like it's like and it was always like why would anyone go here this place seems awful but like i love it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's such an awesome place it's funny because reading this article when the guy was talking about how he was like bringing his loaves of bread and salami in his backpack I'm like yeah. I want to. I mean, like I want to go do this now. Like I'm like I don't think I actually would, but I definitely thought like that sounds fun. <laughs> I would go on one of the tours for sure. Um, like I, I, yeah. whether or not I would actually stalk in the zone is uh, not without bolts, you know. But like it, it would be. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I just feel like it'd be too easy to walk into like a patch of like highly radioactive material and just end up like one of those guys in the Chernobyl TV show. Uh, that yeah. that seems unpleasant. Although I guess enough people have done this now that. That's they probably have routes. They probably have the bolts they throw out. So you probably, the you know, bolts. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have a little. Um, what are they called? The bear, the trackers too that they hold out. Well, no, he things. said he had a little, a little Geiger counter or whatever. Geiger. Uh, so, which is what you need, right? So just yeah, because we keep talking about the bolts and nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. In the game, there are these things called anomalies, which if you throw a bolt into it, it will have a reaction. So you know that there is a radioactive, bizarre area there. Uh, it's a mechanic, or, so yeah, it's like it's a weird alien thing, um, but they're not seeable like traps. Basically, you can't yeah, see them. They're invisible. Like, yeah, they're invisible. Or they have like weird. And a stalker's such a trippy game. It's such a like surreal like dream world in so many ways. It's like a just surreal like nightmare. I guess is more accurate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but but is it like awesome. the nightmare of uh, of Yarnum? Is it that kind of nightmare? It's 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 like it's that same kind of level of like weird just bizarreness it's like a different way mm-hmm. Yarnum is more like twisted nightmare but this game is more like i don't know i don't want to say more surreal but it's kind of more of like a surreal place like there's just weird things happening i don't even know if it's surreal it's it just it's post anomalies are surreal but like a game that you could compare it to which came out the following year was uh fallout 3 and like fallout 3's world really does feel like it's all pointed in your direction and sort of like yeah. for your benefit whereas like stalker's world feels extremely indifferent to you and i think that's part of its charm also there's like there's no fast travel like anytime you and you have to like lug all your shit around and like if you, you can only bring so much ammo with you or you have to leave it in a little container like i don't know there's lots of mechanics um but like it's just fascinating to me that like a game would start like a tourist movement, like like for the economy of the Ukraine, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's pretty cool that people are doing that going up there. It's funny too because the show came out. It's also just it's such a weird thing because because they, they they wrote Roadside Picnic and then Chernobyl happened and there were like these two zones and in, in each fictional or you know in real life and then and that right. and then. And and then they made the movie with they had the bolts. So it's just like so the game is kind of like this amalgam of multiple things. So now the fans are kind of like mixing everything together and mm. going there. Yeah, I, I wonder if they have like su- sunrise suits and stuff. Yeah, which is the green stalker it, outfit. It's kind of I, I actually wanted to ask you guys this question. And first of all, I just want to apologize really quickly. I I gulp really loud, so if you guys are hearing gulps when I drink my seltzer water. Oh, we've gotten a lot of emails about your gulps. Yeah, a lot of emails. I knew it. <laughs> Fucking no, knew no, it. no emails. But anyway, uh. <laughs> anyway, I, I wanted to ask, kind of bouncing off of what Kevin was saying. So, so yeah, you have that Tarkovsky movie about the zone, and then you have the TV show about Chernobyl, and then you have this game, which is like a combination of like the zone and Chernobyl. Is that correct? Like, a- anyway, no. Well, it, it, basically, they were adapting the Stu. Gotsky Brothers book Roadside Picnic which is what the movie's based after and they're kind of making a game based after the movie and the book and then they realized like I didn't and I didn't know this until I read this article that they didn't initially plan to set it in Chernobyl but they realized that there was so much overlap mm. and then they started going there and sort of fell in love with the location and realized this is a location that just nobody's seen anything like this I mean we've yeah. seen a lot more of it since but like at the time it was like a wholly unique location so they, they set the the Stugatsky brothers book roadside picnic more or less in Chernobyl. Yeah. Cause it, cause the book takes place the in Canada of that game too, that I like, I want to highlight is that 
it takes place at, like in the modern world, like in the regular world. The rest of the world is not in an apocalyptic situation. It, but the right. whole game takes place within the zone, which is like essentially feels like it's cut off from the world. Like it's just this weird, like you know, monsters place. There's like monsters and all sorts of things there. Yeah, because also that movie Annihilation with Natalie Portman had its own too. So it's like. It's kind of weird because mm. when you watch Tarkovsky's Stalker, uh, the, the whole idea of the zone is like this incredibly abstract concept where weird things happen, but it's not like uh, obviously weird things. It's just like everything feels kind of off kilter in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just it's just interesting how Definitely. like this kind of obscure art movie from the late 70s that is like notoriously slow paced has spawned like this whole subgenre of apocalyptic science fiction. Uh, what do you think of that, mm-hmm. Aaron? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's really fascinating. It makes sense because this game was developed in Ukraine, which is a former Soviet uh, state. And that is a movie that was a, you know, released uh, like would have been very popular in its Russian language film. So it's, it, it is part of their like popular culture more than it would be part of our popular culture uh, for like for us it's like an obscure foreign film for but them it's it's a domestic sure. classic science sci-fi classic um but it, it's yeah like i don't know it's just so strange um it, like the strangest thing to me is just that it's like literally becoming a tourist attraction sure. but at the same time it's not yeah it's weird to me too i didn't i didn't expect there to be real stalkers but i'm also kind of like i could see it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being one. At the same time, it's terrifying. I would definitely go. Uh, what's his name? F- f- former Bombcast guy Drew Scanlon, who's like mm. famous for the white blinking guy meme, uh, went there and did a whole like YouTube video about it. Like, and it, it, it looked pretty interesting. Like that now they you know so they have these tours that you can go on that are very much like you go to a travel agency in. Uh, Kiev and, and they'll set you up with a tour guide and then they'll drive you out to Pripyat and then you'll go on a one or two day tour and they'll make sure they'll measure your radiation levels and they, they completely removed all of the topsoil for, for like a hundred square miles so like it's not that mm. radioactive you can even go right up to the reactor and it's not that radioactive uh, wow. it's, it's reasonably safe Kevin no that's just intense that's scary <laughs> you yeah go to the reactor jeez yeah no, there's, there's lots of people who uh, Drew Scanlon went to the reactor um mm. That guy, Veritasium YouTuber, also went to the reactor. He even went into the hospital where all the clothing from the emergency workers is. And he was like, he had a Geiger counter. It was just like going off the charts. Uh, was he in a hazmat suit? But, hmm? Was he in a hazmat suit? Yeah, he was in a, he was okay. in like a radiation suit. Good. So actually now been several YouTubers have gone there. And I feel like it's, it's, it's getting to be an extremely bad taste. It's like become like a place to go. But it's also like an extremely dangerous place to go. And it's also a place where a bunch of people's like lives ended horribly. So yeah. 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 yeah I hope yeah. I hope I don't see on Twitter like that Drew Scanlon just dies of cancer. Like just out all of a sudden or something. Drew, Drew Scanlon didn't go there. Drew Scanlon just went to the reactor and um, and the actual radiation at the reactor is significantly less than what you would experience on a flight, like a domestic flight. Mm, interesting. Mm. So it, it wasn't. It's not at, like that's the thing. If you go to, if you get to go on one of these tours, the amount of radiation you would receive is less than it would be to fly from New York to Los Angeles. Hmm. Like, I guess a lot of people don't know that. Like when you fly, you're you're you're, you're getting a lot of radiation. Every is time it from the sun? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Space. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That that TV show was a lot to handle, by the way. It was a lot. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I like that show. Particularly the first episode is just so good. It was very well made. Um, yeah. It got like a little cheesy at the end. Like apparently like the, like a lot of like the whatever. It became a little too much of like an episode of Law and Order at the very last sure. episode. But but. It would like all in all, it was incredible, and those first few episodes were just so well made. Um, yeah. I think they managed to like treat it with respect and deference, while also like make it very entertaining, which is a fine line to walk. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Get your Chernobyl condoms, though, guys. Did you guys have any more thoughts about this? I should mm-hmm. probably play Stalker. 
it's so that's that's a thing like stalker is a little bit of a challenge to play like it's one of those games that you i suppose somewhat like near replicant you need to like commit and you need to realize that the first two hours of the game are bad like so bad they, that they bad. should have been cut from the game yeah, entirely they cut yeah. um and that you're gonna have to remap your controls to your liking and figure out a few janky things but once you get past that if you can get past that you will be I think most people will be into the end, but like it's I've, worth getting past that. It's an amazing game, for sure. It really is an amazing game. It's it's one of my favorite games, but it is hard to recommend because there is a lot to get. There's a lot of like age and just Euro jank. It is an extremely Euro janky game. Yeah, and you guys yeah. gotta play Metro Exodus. What the hell? So the I Metro will. series are interesting because they're kind of like they are actually ex devs from the Stalker staff. Yeah. And they basically yeah. are like spiritual heirs to Metro, uh, to Stalker. Um, the first two Metro games, I felt like I wasn't a huge fan of. They were extremely linear and handholdy. Yeah. And really kind of like went against a lot of the sort of design goals of, of Stalker. But Exodus looks like a very good mix between a linear game with some openness and exploration. So yeah. Exodus looks incredible. Yeah. It's funny. That's the one I haven't played. And that's like the one that's like probably the most up my alley. So yeah, yeah, it's it's um so fun fact. I did not play the first two Metro games. <laughs> I just went right. Mm. It was like I it was like The life. Witcher three for me. I'm like I'm not gonna play the first two. I'm just gonna go right to three. And uh, The Witcher might have been a good call. <laughs> yeah, I was like <laughs> I, I don't know Metro games too. But um yeah, but Metro Exodus. Uh, I didn't play the first two, but I I totally got wrapped up in the story anyway. It was just it's an amazing story. And I and I, I love that wide linear game design. It's like kind of my preferred Me too. Uh, mode of playing a game. So it really clicked with Exodus, and it was fun. Also, I just like games where uh, kind of like The Last of Us, where you have all of these, uh, where you, where you just have no resources, so every bullet counts, and that game does it perfectly. Yeah, but I I was just playing it again recently, and I was like, oh, I should play this. This is fun. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. The sca- is it that kind of scavenging gameplay, monsters to avoid, creepiness, stealth? Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was it's good. great. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you'll see like a pack of uh, mutants and it's like, I could fight these mutants, but the payoff might not be that great and I might get killed. So maybe it's better if I skirt around them to get to the location I need to get to. It's like it's like that kind of game. That's the kind of stuff that's in Stalker. Yeah, yeah that's so great. you could literally describe that could describe a Stalker scenario completely. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, love it. A great story too. Like the story totally builds up and it pays off incredibly at the end. It's it's really underrated. I'm kind of shocked. No one's. Hopefully, the enhanced edition gives it a second life because it deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. And I I, I do like that. Like there is a lot of like double dipping going on and like people, companies being um, cynical and sort of like re-releasing games recently released just to make more money instead of like patching a game. But like I do love that games are being treated a little less ephemeral and like it used to be a game was released and then that's it. Never forget about it. Never talk about it again. Now we're like seeing games get longer lives. So I appreciate that. Well, Near Replicant, perfect example. Right. Like I mean, I never... I know one person in my life who's played Nier, the original Nier, and I know multiple people who've played Nier Automata, so I think that's just the perfect game to remaster. Um, yeah, mm. it's they're just like some games that just were either too ahead of their time or they just weren't released at the right moment that deserve a second chance, and Replicants is the perfect example, Metro is the perfect example. So it can be a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to Rex, and then we'll call it. Uh, Oren, what do you got for us this week? I got two movies. Um, yeah, so I'm breaking the rules. Got two movies. Uh, the first one's, um, uh, I was looking at the Criterion Collection, and hold on one second. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to I was gonna sneeze, but I didn't. Uh, Criterion Collection has a new... Um, batch of titles and one of those titles is Bong Joon-ho's Memories of Murder Uh, Bong Joon-ho we all know him as the guy that won like four Academy Awards for uh, Parasite which is a movie that I love 
and Memories of Murder is one of his earlier films, and it's basically the Korean version of David Fincher's Zodiac. It's like the same kind of movie. So if mm. you love Zodiac and you love Parasite, highly recommend Memories of Murder. If you don't want to pay a bunch of money for the uh, for the Criterion, then find some other way to watch it because it's a great movie. Um, Second recommendation is a really funny Eric Andre movie came out this year called Bad Trip. It's kind of like his version of Borat, um, where he's where a lot of the humor comes from real life scenarios where Eric Andre is acting with his co-stars and tricking people, but they were able to thread it through a narrative that they wrote. Uh, it's really fun. So Bad Trip. Those are my two recommendations. If you want something light and funny, Bad Trip. If you want an actually amazing movie, uh, Memories of Murder. That's what I got. Cool, cool. Nice. Kevin, what have you got for us this week? Um, I had been watching clips of Arrested Development on YouTube. I had only seen the first two seasons back in the day, so I decided to rewatch it. At least the first two seasons. I will. I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch past that. I'm not sure if it's still good or not after the first two. But I, I was watching those, and uh, it's. I forgot how. I mean, I, I didn't totally forget, but I forgot how funny it was. The writing is so clever on that show. It's mm-hmm. like really good wordplay and repeated motifs. They mm-hmm. change them slightly that are very that make me laugh every time. Um, it's a good show. My only critique with that show is some of the humor, particularly related to their mother. She says a lot of like off color like kind of racisty things and they're not treated in a way that makes her look bad. It's just kind of more like ouch. Like mm-hmm. they, they, I think if they had written that today, they probably wouldn't have written them in the same way that they did. They don't, they're not handled well, Interesting. but I think other than some of those kind of, uh, slightly poorly aged, uh, jokes, the show is still very funny and good. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Rest of development. That's probably, that's Fucking probably brilliant. the most influential American sitcom of the past 20 years, right? Like, I mean... Seinfeld? There, there hasn't been a... that. There wouldn't be the U.S. office. There wouldn't be Parks and Rec. There wouldn't be 30 Rock. That was, like, the show that started that style. Yeah. yeah. What about Seinfeld? That... Well, also Curb, I would say. Well, yeah. yeah. Curb Cur- 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 Enthusiasm. But then we go back to the Larry Sanders show. Larry, like, Larry Sanders. Like, who started this... Larry Sanders did what did I say? No, no, yeah, Larry, no, that's his name, Larry Sanders. That guy, that guy, kind of, yeah, Larry he, Sanders. He yeah. kind of started that style. Maybe he was the guy that started it, really. That style yeah. of comedy. Yeah, but yeah, Rest of Development is awesome, and it's on Netflix, so pretty, pretty accessible. Uh, my pick: you could either rent it from your rental service of choice, or on the Amazing Criterion Collection. It is The Vanishing, which I recently had the pleasure of showing a couple of friends who hadn't seen it before, and they they seem to respond really positively to it. I don't want to say too much about this movie, other than it's like a kind of horror thriller, um, and it's one that I find to be like extremely persuasive, for lack of a better word. It's like it really, I, I've watched it with several people. I've only seen it twice, but every time I've done it, it's been with a group of people. It definitely like leaves you thinking about it, and will it will make a strong impact that I think will like it's it's not a movie people watch or are going are likely to forget soon after they've seen it. So um, one of the more potent sort of thriller horror experiences in my life. So I, I would recommend people to check it out if that's the kind of movie you want to watch. Uh, it is a French Dutch language film, so mostly in French, but a little bit of Dutch. So it's subtitles. Uh, and it's it was filmed. It's I think it's now 1987. You know, it's kind of like 35 years old or whatever. But definitely a film worth checking out. It's called The Vanquishing. The Vanishing. Gotcha. No, he's he's talking about Vanquish, the uh, Shinji Mikami game. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> the shooter <Yeah>. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, The Vanishing. Check it out on. I mean, honestly, might as well just say get the fucking Criterion Collection if you wanna you wanna brush up on your. Your cinema history, there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Cool. Yeah, Criterion Collection is uh, the bomb. Uh, if you're really into materialism and just like beautiful looking DVD covers uh, of amazing movies that aren't always super mainstream, the Criterion Collection is it. 
Yeah, they also they, they so they have a service, and then they also release limited edition Blu-rays and DVDs that are really nicely packaged with lots of features, but they are expensive as fuck. Yes, they're like forty dollars. So have yeah. fun with that. <laughs> Jeez. Yep. I I All was right. su- uh, before we uh, log off. I was super, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when Zach Frazier was on. I was so tempted to drop. $250 to get the Wong Kar Wai box set, but I didn't do it. But I was really close. I was like about to click checkout. But hmm. I didn't do it because I needed to pay rent, unfortunately. Fucking rent. Oh, well. Oh, well. If given those two alternatives, yeah, I think you made the right choice. <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe save up. Maybe get it, get it for yourself for Christmas or your birthday or something. Sure. Um, all right. Well, that's all we got uh, time for today. Madden, we love you. Uh, Madden, by the way, produced the, the track you heard at the beginning of this podcast. Check Madden out at soundcloud.com Thank forward you, slash M-A-D-Y-N. And uh, we'll be back shortly with uh, probably some Resident Evil stuff or something. Oh, definitely. Does that come out? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like week? playing the shit out of that game that next weekend. Okay. You have no idea. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there next weekend. So, all right. Peace. Peace.